people we keep it coming it is now day four of the bfi 67th london film festival and uh yeah today not a crazy amount of stuff we've got one short film and then one gala presentation right but yo both superb so stay tuned people because we're coming with the fire let's go okay so we have a short film for you it is called hafikasi right hafikasi yeah i think that's it <laughs> let's go So, people, as part of the No Place Called Home Shorts program, we have got um, Hafekasi. Hafekasi, I think. I feel I'm probably wrong, right? It is the first directorial effort from Annalise Hickey. She writes it as well again the first thing that she's written which makes this really really impressive okay it's produced by Josie Baines executive produced by Jared Osborne Will Morrissey handles the music Matthew Chung cinematography Grace Eyre edits the piece casting is Lauren Mass and Peter Dermatis Right, Francesca Cari handles production design. Um, production management is Justine Pitcher. And our cast, well, Mona is played by Isabel Tokava. Her mother is played by Laura Gordon. We got Lecky played by Samson Uli. Um, Aurora. Uh, who is Mona's, I think it might be her little cousin. Um, she's played by Amora, Aurora Morrissey. You got Iki, played by Iki Thinu. Um, Vey, played by Veysana Tonga. Um, and Yvonne Fix and Janet Christophe also feature in the piece. Right, the gist of the story is this. A 10-year-old girl begins to realize she's different to her single white mum and family. Mother and daughter navigate identity and belonging in 90s Melbourne suburbia. Man, this is a really strong and poignant piece right it's uh, i think it's just about 10 minutes right and like for a directorial date no it's 16 minutes right for a directorial debut you know short or feature this is very impressive you know so little mona she's at a party a family gathering something like that i don't think we actually know 
and she's having a good time. There's cake, right? What else can you want? Uh, and she, her mum calls her for a photo. She goes, sits down, and her gran starts to, like, move the hair. Because, you know, her hair is wavy, right? Little curls, a family, you know, they're white. They've all got straight hair. So there's that. And I think at this moment, as it's like she doesn't notice what the grand's doing, but I think being the only brown girl in the room, right? We see the next day she's standing in front of the mirror and looking at her arms and herself. And I think that's the you know first seeds of hmm, I'm different. You know, she's, uh, you know, we see her with her mum and just these interactions and they're great. You know, you can see the love there, you know, that connection. But she, you know, she asks a few questions about her dad the next day. Um, You know, just kind of, did he have communion? Did he, did he have a party afterwards? You know, just these things. But it's only when she's out, out of her mother to get um, shopping, groceries, fish, that then she sees, like, a Tongan family, right? But all Tongan, right? And she sees those interactions. And, you know, it's fascinating to her, right? Because she hasn't been around that many people and in a family setting. So that sparks a curiosity in Mona that we then see in this feature. And it's really well handled, you know, because it's all around this curiosity in Mona, right? The insecurity in self right? Like being around a group of people and then understanding I do not look like any of these, you know? But it's not like, oh, I don't love my mum anymore or anything like that. She's 10, you know? But it's just that awakening of identity and that wondering, that questioning. And so this is, there's no like really overt questions or anything like that but you know it's just in the movements in the eyes right those little that little smile of you know curiosity and then when she's looking right you can see that kind of little that doubt like oh should I be looking and then when you know, the adults in that family, their eyes catch, you know, it's just things like that, right? So it's all about nuance here. And Annalise does an incredible job of bringing that to life, letting us see that. And then I think with the mother, the realization with the mother, right, just all of these things just illuminate. And yeah, This is really good.
man, I, I definitely feel if you get the opportunity, you need to uh, give half a casa a look. Right. I don't know. It's spelled H-A-F-E-K-A-S-I. Hafekasi. I, I don't know. I don't know, people. But, yeah, it's wonderful. I, I definitely think go check it out. So I don't believe this is on the iPlayer. But if it comes up anywhere, definitely check this out. There's Annalise Hickey has really done a fantastic job. And then there's the cast, right? Because, man, Isabel Tokova is in incredible, right? I don't know how long this, this kid's been acting, but she does such a fantastic job. Laura Gordon as a mum, you believe in that relationship, right? You believe in, and you can see she loves her, right? So it's, it's just really well put together story, great acting, man, hats off to Hickey. People, check it out. It's great. And we're going to end with a headline gala, gala feature. It is the new Martin Scorsese joint, Killers of, a, of the Flower Moon. Okay, people, so it's a headline gala, uh, headline gala feature of reason why a load of people are coming to the festival. It is the new film from Martin Scorsese, Killers of, a, of the Flower Moon, right? Killers of the Flower Moon. It's directed by Martin Scorsese who co-wrote the film with Eric Roth. It is then um, produced by... Whew, and there's a load of people working on this film, man. It's produced by Bradley Thomas, Martin Scorsese, Daniel Lupi, um, Dan Friedkin. It's executive produced by John Atwood, Marina Bauer, um, Leonardo DiCaprio, Lisa Frechet, uh, Niles Jewell, Shay Kramer, Adam Sommer, and Rick Yorn. It is co produced by Justin Conte. Robbie Robertson. Handles the music, and um, I think I think Robinson died. There was a in memory of um, at the end of the film. So I think, yeah, I think unfortunately Robinson died. Um, cinematography is handled by Rodrigo uh, Prieto, uh, Filma Shoemaker edits a piece. Rennie Haynes and Ellen Lewis are on casting. Production design is Jack Fisk. 
Jordan Crockett, Spencer Davison, Michael Dinner, Matthew Gatlin, and Megan McCure are all on art direction. Set decoration is Adam Willis, and Jacqueline West is on costume design. So our incredible cast. And I mean, even towards the end, a big name shows up and you're like, oh, shit, I didn't know that person is in this. All right, so we've got Ernst Buckhurst, Buckhart, played by Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, his uncle, William Hale, played by Robert De Niro. We've got Molly Buckhart, played by Lily Gladstone. Um, Lizzie Q, Molly's mother, played by Tanto Cardinal. Um, her sister, Anna, played by Cara Jade Myers. Uh, we've got her other sister, Minnie, played by Gillian Dion. Um, did she have another sister? No, I, I think that's, I think that's it. Oh, Retta, I don't think Retta was her sister, but Retta is played by Janie Collins. Uh, we've got W.S. Hamilton, played by Brendan Frazier. Prosecutor Peter Leeward, played by John Lithgow. Uh, we've got Bill Smith, played by Jason Isbell. Henry Roan, played by William Ballou. Got uh, Kelsey Morrison, played by Louise Cancelmi. Byron Buckhurst, Ernst Brother, played by Scott Shepard. Paul Red Eagle, played by Everett Waller. Um, non Hon Zingja, played by Tally Redcorn. Chief Bony Castle, played by Yancey Redcorn. John Wren, played by Takanka Means. Blackie Thompson, played by Tommy Schultz. Henry Grammer, played by Sturgill Simpson. Ah, right. That's the thing, man. As I said, there's so many faces. And you're like, I recognize that person. But you just can't always put your finger on it. John Ramsey is played by Ty Mitchell. Uh, Gary Basaraba plays Detective Burns. Alvin Reynolds is played by Charlie Musselwhite. Agent John Berger, played by Pat Healy. Dr. James Shoon, played by Steve Whiting. And Dr. David Shoon, played by Steve Rootman. Pitts Beatties, played by Gene Jones. Agent Frank Smith, played by Michael Abbott Jr. Um, doom, doom. Agent C.J. Robinson, played by Samuel French. Uh, we got A.C. Kirby, played by Pete Yorn. Sheriff Frez, played by Mo Hedrick. Scott Mathis, played by Randy Hauser. Uh, do, do, do. We have got Bob Mount played by Wooly Witch. Do, do. 
Deputy Marshall, played by Eric Parkinson. Who else do we have? I mean, there's just so many people. So many people, and the talent is just off the wall. I mean, let's leave it. Yeah, let's leave it there. But the gist of the film is this. At the turn of the 20th century, oil bought a fortune to the Osage nation, who became some of the richest people in the world overnight. The wealth of these Native Americans immediately attracted white interlopers who manipulated, extorted, and stole as much Osage money as they could before resorting to murder. I mean, yeah, there you go, right? Based on a true story and told through the improbable romance of Ernst Buckhart and Molly Kyle. Killers of the Flower Moon is an epic Western crime saga where real love crosses paths with unspeakable betrayal. And so that's, see, now that's the thing, right? That's the idea of the story. And the crazy thing about this, I heard about this story years ago, right? It was and it's a funny one, right? It was on the JRE, Joe Rogan podcast. And he was talking, I think someone recommended this book to him. Or, yeah, I think one of his guests recommended this book from David Gran, right? It's called Killers of the Flower Moon, The Osage Murders and the Birth of the FBI. And that's the thing, right? So... Yeah, and just hearing about that story then, you're just like, what? What? No, that makes, that's insane. How the fuck does that happen? You know? And it, and it's crazy to hear about. So when I heard Martin Scorsese and DiCaprio had bought the rights, you're just like, Oh shit. Okay, let's let's see what happens here. Then you hear about the run times, right? Now, this was mm, I feel it's like three and a half hours. I feel there's a long I, I I believe there's a longer cut as well. I think there's a cut that's over four hours. And you know, that's like <laughs> oh my days, that's long. And, you, and you, it seems a little daunting, right? But I remember the, I, I love the Irishman. And I thought the Irishman was handled very well. So I don't mind a long film because if the story is there, the story is there. And you're so engaged that, you know, time just goes, woof. You know what I mean? And so this, I mean, it's like, Everything you hear about the making of and, you know, the cast and all of that, the length, it, it, it screams epic. And then when you watch it, yeah, this is an epic tale, an epic tale. We start off with a funeral, right? And that just, 
because we don't really we don't know it's a funeral it looks like some sort of rites are being performed you know and you're just kind of transfixed by you know it's the language the chanting right the procession the 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 just the way it's kind of put together the ceremony of it all you know you're just transfixed by that and then it transpires it's a funeral right and you're just like oh shit so we have this and then we cut to a scene of some kids right some osage kids and they're kind of playing as this oil bursts through the ground and you're like oh shit you know what I mean? Like, I don't think oil is to be played with. I mean, that's not good for the health, people. But it just shows this crazy kind of situation, right? Oil bringing money, wealth, life, as it were, and death. So we see these two sides of a coin. And then, you know what I mean? We, we see these, these things happen, right? So you've got um Hale, right? You've got William Hale, and he he's speaking the Osage tongue, right? He's acting like, you know, what I mean? to put it in today's terms, he's acting like an ally, right? That's the big thing. He's acting like an ally, like he cares for these people, you know, talking, oh, this is my best friend, right? This is my best friend, he says about Henry Rome. And you, you, you know, you believe it. You're watching and you believe it all. You know, we see, you know, but it's a conversation he has with his nephew, Ernst. Bank her, right. That you, you then see, oh, oh shit. There's more happening here because this is conversation about. So the Osage people were given these things called head rights, which is money for the oil that's on the ground, on the land. They're the only ones with these rights. So you then saw, as mentioned, right in the synopsis, all of these white people that are like, we want this money. So it's, how can we get this money? So, you know, it's marrying into, you know, the people, right? Take an Osage wife. So doing that. You you then saw there were two different prices for things, right? It, it's like when you go to places and you feel there's a tourist price and there's a native price, right? It's one of those. Right, we hear it referenced to funeral payments, which is just, and it's just like, oh, I earn my, I work hard for my money. They were just given it. So why shouldn't we? You know, that's the attitude of people. And so you then see that there's these schemes to get these head rights right, get that influence, and it's 
crazy. So that's how you first understand William Hale isn't all he seems to be. Right? He's an oil salesman, as it were, a wolf in sheep's clothing, people. And it is played so well, so well by De Niro. I mean, it, just the acting chops on display in this film. So fucking good. Because you believe, you believe Hale when he's talking to people and he's declaring his friendship and declaring all of this stuff, right? You, you don't buy any cynicism in it, right? But then when there's that switch, when he's with his people, right? When he's in a white-only room, you then see how duplicitous he is. So it's being able to turn that switch, right? And give us these two different looks. You understand Ernst, right? It's like you believe to agree in the love he has for Molly. You, you, when he's talking to her, you, you believe it, but you see so much other stuff that you don't know where to go with this, right? This film is, oh man, it is just a, a sand castle, right? It's a sand fucking castle. And it's just getting higher and higher and higher. And I say a sandcastle because the foundation it's built on is nothing, right? It's lies and deception. So you are watching this frigging thing get higher and higher. And you're just like, surely it's going to fall. No, like, it cannot. They can't add on another floor. Right? They cannot add on another floor. What's happening here? And so it is fascinating watching this, but it is so gut-wrenching. It's fucking terrible. Right? We see these deplorable actions. It, you just, oh, you just feel disgusted. Right? It is fucking grim, some of the shit that we see. But you're just like, it It can't go on. Right? When does this all... And knowing that, it is the birth of the FBI. So it's just like, how do they come into this? Like, where is this going to go? What are we going to, what's going to be the fallout? Does anyone, right, does anyone pay for what they have done here? That's what you kind of ask yourself, right? And these performances, people, these performances, Lily Gladstone is phenomenal like we know she can kill it right we know she acts well and there is just this reverence 
right, around her character, like the way she holds herself, it is just incredible, just incredible, like you've got the flip side of, right, because, and we've, we've seen it with the, um, I cannot think of the Inuits, yes, Inuits, right, um, because, you know, they're so used to eating, like, whale blubber and fish and things such as that, so when sugar got introduced, you know, coke and other things like that, diabetes just went, woof, through the roof, and ravaged them, and that, we see that with, you know, the Osage peoples, right, the diabetes is killing people, and just, you know, the alcohol, right, because it's, there was no, um, there was nothing in the genome to be able to tolerate certain things, right, so we just see the impact of all of this stuff, and so you have, you know, Molly, but then her sister Anna, Right, and the, the the 180 difference in the two. Right, so it's just a, a just a crazy situation, right? And I mean, the other crazy thing is, it's like just the fact that these women believe these white guys, believe them, and a lot of the things these guys were doing, right, just jumping from wife to wife, and just all of these situations, and you're just like, what the fuck, man, this is insane, right, and I think the more you go on, you just, it's the ingrained racism, right, just the, the things that are accepted, Right, and the fact that all of these, you know, the white townspeople, they're just like, no, there's nothing wrong with that. Right? Clearly that's a murder, but we're not looking into that. Right? Clearly we're taking advantage, but who cares? You're only Indians. You know? And it's just, oh. It's fucking terrible. Like, it's terrible. The other crazy thing is you just see all the things that led to the FBI coming. And it, and it's not necessarily what you would think. There was this montage in which shows just a load of the murders. And you're just like, what? I mean, that's a lot. And at that point, that was a lot. But it's only the tip of the iceberg, right? Only the motherfucking tip of the iceberg. So the way this is all put together, it's, it's fucking breathtaking, man. It's breathtaking. But, man, I just sat in the screen afterwards because the way just everything hits you, and the stuff that you find out and everything like that, 
It's just insane. It's insane, people. And like the and the thing being, you know, in today's society with the racism and injustices that are still there, still prevalent. You know, you just kind of be like, oh man, what's changed? You know what I mean? What has changed? And knowing that, you know, these people didn't really get justice, right? The Osage people did not really get justice. Because you think, where are they now? Right? Where are they now? And if, you know, people talk about reparations and all things like that, but yeah, these things definitely. But what what would you do in this kind of situation? Yeah, are you going to give back the oil rights? Like, what what what's happening here? What's happening? It, it's just like it's that I got the same feeling of this that I got from watching things like Mudbound, right? Um, a hundred years a slave, and just those type of films. Where you're just like, oh man, that was well done, but I I don't want to watch that again, right? I I I it's just oh, this is too much on the emotions, man. There's just way too much, but just so good, like the way the music is used and the 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 native chanting and singing. Right, the native drums and music, right? That these undercurrents throughout the film, but not in a way where it's like, this is dramatic, this is sad, this is happy. Though there's not really much happy. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's not really much happy, but it's just phenomenal, right? Just the 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 camera work the shots that we have, the use of close-ups, man, the use of close-ups, right, and just capturing some of the, the, like, the way some of these murders will go down, and these deaths, you know, that you're just, wait, how did you do that? You know, like, how, what, that's such a great shot, but where, where are the cuts? Like, where is this? You know what I mean? It's it's just masterfully done. But you don't really expect anything else. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing else you would expect from this film than what we get. And that's a fucking masterpiece. Right? It is just a straight masterpiece, people, which... Boy, boy, I would recommend everyone to watch this because it's knowing that this happened, right? It it, it is knowing this horrendous history. And look, we know that the indigenous peoples were horribly treated right we know that but when you then 
uncover things like this, you're just like, man, the stuff I knew I thought was bad, but this, what the fuck, man? So I look, everyone, I think everyone should just know history, right? We should understand what came before because it is horrific and hopefully it can make people go oh we we have to do better right we we cannot just let this shit go on we cannot do that right that's the thing you hope you know what i mean but i don't know I think the length may um, put people off, but as I said, honestly, people, I don't think you you really notice the length because it is so good. It is so fucking good. I don't think that you 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 get bored because you're just captivated. You're captivated by the visuals, by the acting just all of that stuff it just yeah it is something else oh my days so i believe this is going to get a release on the 20th of october in cinemas and then it's going to be released. I think it comes onto Apple. I, I want to say Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day or Boxing Day. I think it's one of those where it hits Apple. But it will be hitting cinemas on the 20th. And this is a film to see in cinemas. Trust me, people. It really is. You know? Now... It, um, you know, opened today at the Royal Festival Hall, which, I mean, perfect setting, perfect setting. If you missed that, it will be, again, 10.30, right, tomorrow, Sunday the 8th of October. Again, Royal Festival Hall, an early start, because I don't think the Royal Festival Hall normally opens at 10.30 on a Sunday, right? If you don't make that, it is... Tuesday the 10th of October, this time at the BFI South Bank, NFT1, 12.30. So, yeah, those are your opportunities to see it during the London Film Festival. But, again, 20th of October, when it should be coming to uh, cinemas. So, yeah, people, go watch it. The These performances, like... It's one of those films where you go, this is going to be getting awards, right? For for acting, for direction, for script, for costumes, for lighting, cinematography, for editing, like across the board, because every element of this film just magnifies it even more, you know? Everything helps elevate it to that next level. So, people, killers of the flower moon, yo, go check it out. It is 
incredible. So that is us done for another day, people. Man, both Hafikasi and Killers of the Flower Moon were fantastic. Both you definitely should go check out, right? And um, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow with more action from the 67th BFI London Film Festival. And the, the way to keep in tune, people, subscribe to the podcast, whatever platform you get your podcasts on. Subscribe to the YouTube channel for all the videos. You know what I mean? And share it with your peoples. Okay? So, enjoy, and we will see you next time. Peace. <laughs>